0: cabin crew you're listening to the conversation cabin and i'm your host farah that's f as in foxtrot i was actually named after farah fawcett so again my name is farah nice to meet you i want to thank you all for joining me on my first ever podcast woo this is a little nerve-wracking but um we're going to give it a shot but today we're going to be doing just a little quote get to know me segment what my hopes are for the podcast and then end with a short story so let's see, um, I mainly wanted to do this because I love to talk. I mean, let's be honest, I think anyone that gets into podcasting, you have to love to talk, you have to love to conversate, but also you like to research. I mean, you know, whether you're sharing your own stories, someone else's experiences, you got to do the work and dig in and get to the meat and potatoes of the story. I love the paranormal, the unexplained, UFOs, Bigfoot, cryptids, urban legends and that's what the basis of this channel is about. I will also do true crime stories. I mean I don't know if anyone out there watches Discovery Plus as much as I do but um, if you haven't checked out any of their true crime stories, um, let's see Evil Lives Here, A Crime to Remember, American Monster, The First 48 and I think if you like those types of stories you like The research part, the investigative part of it all, you know, where they're getting into the DNA, they're getting into the time frames and, you know, just trying to get to, you know, finding out how the suspect came to do the crime, you know, why, the motive, all of that. But in time, I also want to give you the listeners a chance to tell your story on here. You can choose to say your name, you can choose to be anonymous, but I think it's important for you know, us to listen to more people out there about their personable, personal experiences. I mean, how are we ever supposed to know what's really out there and get more researchers out there to find the answers that we all want to know? But a little bit about me, so I've been an avid lover of the paranormal for over 25 years now, but at first I was a huge skeptic, I mean, aren't we all? If we don't see it ourselves, we don't believe it. I mean, of course, if any of my friends or family would ever tell me a story or a personal experience of theirs, I would tend to believe it. I mean, they're my friends and family. I trust them, I trust their judgment, I trust their knowledge, so I trust their story. But, um, you know, I mean, this past November of 2022, actually, uh, we moved to Tennessee from Florida for a change, of course, and uh, we currently live in a 1950s cabin, um, hence the name Conversation Cabin, but we live back in the woods on about uh, 448 acres, and there's only about three immediate houses right here like real close in the immediate area, three houses. And the most awesome thing about it is we have a huge, deep, dark, mysterious cave right in our backyard. I mean, you go out our back door, take about 20 steps, and there's the mouth of the cave. Um, I've actually done a lot of investigating in there. Um, I go in and I use, uh, dowsing rods, um, I use the Ghost Tube app which if anyone is starting out in ghost hunting, uh, you know, hunting the paranormal, I would certainly recommend that app. I mean I know a lot of people aren't into it, but and yes, they you know things can get you know irrelevant sometimes, but if you get their full subscription, um it actually has like an SLS which is a structured light sensor camera on it, it has a box on it, it was just kind of like a spirit box, and it has an ovulus on it. Um, Amy and Jared from Amy's Crypt, which was one of the shows that I actually watch about the paranormal on YouTube. If you haven't checked them out, I would certainly do so. Um, a couple other shows, just while I'm on that topic, um, I definitely love the Paranormal Files. I think Colin does a great job with investigating the paranormal. Um, I also recommend Paranormal Nightmare. With the Foreman brothers, Rocky, Josh, and Sean. I think that they do amazing investigations as well. And I watch uh, Dark Arts TV, which is actually um, Carl, who is from the UK. Um, so, you know, those are just a few just while I'm on that topic. But again, going back to investigating the cave, um, you know, like I said, uh, I've used the Ghost Tube app, I've also used the Spirit Talker app. I've actually gotten the word cave as I've been in the cave doing investigations. So, like I said, of course you're always going to get some irrelevant words, but for the most part, a lot of the words that I get have been relevant to, you know, what's going on, the surrounding, etc. I have also invested um, in an EVP recorder. I actually have an Olympus, and um, when i find it, I will let you know what exactly the numbers on it are, because it's a great recorder. I highly recommend it. And um, one time that I used it, which was actually recently, in the past uh, week or so, I set it out there for about, I would say, an hour, hour and 15 minutes, and um, it was in the mouth of the cave, you know, kind of outside it, inside the beginning of it, and uh, I actually heard um, something moved the recorder, which, uh, of course, yes, an animal could do it, I mean, but I also, um, if you stand outside our cave and look up, it. this is a huge mountain, first of all, that our cabin backs up to, and there are tons of trees, of course, on top of the mountain, so it actually caught something stepping, two-step, like a two-legged something, Um, very big, Uh, was able to uh, crunch twigs and big sticks and step in the leaves. And I I know what a four-legged thing sounds like. This was not four-legged. But uh, like I said, something also moved it. Something kind of breathed into it. And then after about an hour and three minutes, which um, I am just learning to use editing software, so forgive me, Um, but... About an hour and three minutes into it, uh, you start hearing um, an echo. You start hearing echoes of dogs barking, which are a few miles away. There's no one here in this immediate area that owns a dog. So you can hear it a few miles away, the echo of dogs barking. And then all of a sudden, you hear this howl. It wasn't a coyote howl. It wasn't a dog bark. This howl stood out from All the rest of any sounds that were going on on that time. If anyone has listened to any Bigfoot vocalizations, then you know what I'm talking about. This was a how. And once I learn to use the editing software a little more, then I will definitely go ahead and get that isolated and uh, post it. Well, I'll play it on the podcast, but I'll also post it to my Instagram and TikTok. So you all can tell me what you think as well, but uh, yeah. So the the cave, you know, it's it's uh, it's big and it's intimidating. So you know, I have not gone far back in there to say the least. You know, like I said, it's a little intimidating. I'm not a um, you know a cave uh, researcher, but you know, we're going to be going back farther in there. It's very deep, very long. Probably goes a, a good length in that mountain, and um. Yeah, so we've heard a lot of things in there, and then let's see, um, I have actually put the, um, let me see, the EVP recorder, I've caught, like I said, some voices on there, uh, too, some stepping, shuffling from the cave. And then we've also caught some black shadows that are, uh, one time that was out in the front yard, I mean, it started at one place in about a split second, I'm sure you know that paranormal dark shadow move it's unnatural it's way too fast to be anything else I mean from its point of start it in a snap was five six feet away and I did post that on my Instagram and TikTok as well so check it out tell me what you think Um, of course constructive criticism is everything I'm just sharing with you my experiences but of course like I said tell me what you think And uh, last night, actually, something pretty crazy happened. So my husband and I were sitting in bed watching some TV, and then all of a sudden, two huge bangs were on the side of our cabin, the front of our cabin. And let me go ahead and give you a little story about, you know, how our cabin is set up. So we have a long front porch that is the length of the cabin. So if you go up three steps... You would set off the motion lights, first of all. Okay, so you'd go up three steps, get on to the porch, walk all the way to the other end. There is no steps down. It's just a railing. So you would pretty much have to sit down, slide out from the railing, and then you'd be there on the lawn, look to the left. There's the mouth of the cave. So whatever made this bang had to be on our front porch. So Jake, my husband, and I, we um, ran out of bed Went into the living room, opened the sliding glass door, looked left, looked right, nothing there. So we went back to the bedroom, sat down, talking about, hmm, what do, you, what do you think that was? I don't know, you know, my goodness, that was loud. And then all of a sudden, not even five minutes later, boom, I mean, I'm talking one big, thick, abrupt bang like, and again, on the front of the cabin that you have to be on the front porch to, to be able to touch the front of our cabin. It was so loud that it vibrated my shoulders because our wall, where our heads are, is around where that area was that it banged on. And um, even the little decor things that I have on my wall in the bathroom next to the to the bedroom shook and you can hear them like kind of, the vibration against the wall. My husband jumped up, grabbed the shotgun that he has uh, posted on the wall right by his side of the bed. I grabbed my Glock that I have on my side of the bed, and we took off, and literally it takes three to five seconds to get to that sliding glass door, and we whipped that thing open. Again, guns drawn, looked left, looked right, and there was nothing there. So match that up. With the fact that I heard a Bigfoot, how that there are sightings of Bigfoot all around here in Tennessee. Um, I mean, you know, we're in the mountains here. How could it not? If it can be in the Pacific Northwest, if it can be in West Virginia, if it could be in California, uh, it can be here in Tennessee. And there are sightings of Bigfoot here in Tennessee. But yeah, so that was a little scary. But going back to what else I'll cover on the podcast, I mean, I would love to touch on stories that don't get a lot of airtime. Um, I'm, I'm, It's always the popular haunted places, the the haunted stories that several people over the years cover. And I just want to try my best to bring other stories to light, like hearing your stories. In these crazy times, I want to promote our kids getting out in the woods and exploring. And our hardworking men and women, come on, I work too. But you've got to get outside. You've got to explore. I don't know what all of you think, but I think the woods hold some creepy, unexplained things. My personal opinion, I think woods, all woods, hold a portal. I think they hold a vortex because it's a place that nobody goes every second of every day. But again, that's that's my belief. But whether you're a believer or not, the journey is the fun part. You know, we'll, we'll talk about places that you can go, devices that you can use if you're new to ghost hunting and hunting the paranormal. I'll answer questions to help you on your way to discovery. It's, we can do this adventure together. But let's go ahead and do a little story. And first of all, I never heard this story that I'm going to tell you. Well, at least I never heard of this little happening. But we're going to call it The Crypt Stained Red. The story of Nina Cragmile. First, I want to take you back to set the scene of the area. Cleveland, Tennessee, Bradley County, to be exact. I wanted to do my first story on something in Tennessee, just to pay a little homage to my home state now. Where in 1864, the Civil War was infiltrating through the veins of this small town. As we know, the resilience of our ancestors long ago, devastation from the war did not damper their spirits. Cleveland rebuilt faster and stronger than most towns in the South, and its citizens, their faith never wavered. Family was everything, togetherness, no matter the storm. Hence, where we focus on the Cragmiles, a well-to-do family, rich in their Episcopalian religion, but like all of us, not without their flaws, not without their triumphs and tragedies. John H.E. Cragmile was an entrepreneur who made most of his money by shipping supplies to California for the buzz of the gold rush, but also sold supplies to the Confederates during the Civil War, that same war that he himself was drafted for, but did not fight in as he hired a substitute to take his place. The government at one point accused him of treason for the fact that he seemed more dedicated to the cause of the Confederates. In the 1840s, John entered into banking, becoming the president of First National Bank of Cleveland during the late 1860s. But earlier that year, he married Myra Adelia Thompson on December 18, 1860. And just four years later, on August 5, 1864, they welcomed little Nina Cragmile, a bouncing baby that would blossom into a beautiful little seven-year-old girl with strong features, eyes that could pierce your heart with one look, cheeks that you could squeeze and a head of natural wavy curls that parted in the middle of her forehead to expose it all. One of Nina's biggest fans was her grandfather, Dr. Thompson. He loved taking Nina along with him as he did his medical calls because she loved riding in the horse and buggy. At times, she would even get to hold the reins. She loved to make the horses go a little faster, feeling the breeze hit the buggy first, rounding out to those rosy cheeks of hers, making her grandpa chuckle as her little self would pop up when they hit the little bumps through the streets. But one fateful day, the breeze would stop, the luster would leave those cheeks, and a family would be devastated. On October eighteenth, 1871, St. Luke's Day, Although it is still unclear who was steering the reins, the buggy veered into the path of an oncoming train. Dr. Thompson was thrown from the buggy and survived, but Nina was hit and killed instantly. This town, who recovered and rebuilt from a great war, has now lost one of their little ones, who helped remind the townspeople that no matter the divisions of the past, rebirth was possible. Their little ones were the future. The family of Nina were shaken, crushed, lost. I mean, how could they possibly go on? They had a home that was filled with morning wake-up calls of hugs, I love yous, and what are we doing today? And now it was a silence they've never known. As all of us parents would ask, if we don't have our children, what's left? Purpose. Purpose is what we have, and with that, Nina's father, John, was determined to continue. The joy and happiness that nina brought to his life by constructing a church in honor of his beautiful daughter to remind others that no matter the losses in their lives there is a place where they can come together to remember the lost but be reminded of their purpose in 1872 on saint luke's day the saint luke episcopal church was erected and two to three years later a marble mausoleum was also built to house the remains of not only little Nina, but the rest of the family as well. The eerie part of this story. Once Nina was entombed, red stains started appearing on the white marble exterior, and no matter how many times they were scrubbed away, they would return. Even crazier, the marble blocks have been replaced several times in the rain. Red stains continue to appear. The town folks claim that there are stains of Nina's blood. Yes, it is a reminder of her tragic death, and many wonder why they never went away. But I don't think that Nina is trying to remind us of the way she died. She is reminding us that death is a part of life. I mean, her parents placed the mausoleum by the church that was built in her honor. She brings strangers together every Sunday in that church to smile at one another hold hands, sing together, this, this is what's important. It's an eerie, unexplained happening, the red stains not simply ever fading away over time, but Nina wants visitors to see the mausoleum as her legacy, her real legacy. That's what she wants to be remembered for. That was her purpose in the short time that she blessed the then little town of Cleveland, Tennessee, Her memory lives on. She reminds us of innocence, happiness, joy, family. Many strange and unexplained happenings occur around the tomb, and some have even reported the sighting of a little girl in 1800s period clothing, dancing and playing around the tomb area. We can all take a guess who that could be. So before you clicked play on this podcast, you didn't know who Nina was, and you could go on with your life not thinking one more second about her or this episode once it's over, but the takeaway from this story, in my opinion, of course, tragedy shouldn't trump a person's real legacy, who they were, what light they brought, and we all need to find our purpose Well, I hope you like today's story. And uh, moving forward, I hope to see you all twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, I'm going to shoot for one of those days to have a guest on to share their experiences. So if you have a story that you'd like to share, email me at theconversationcabin at gmail.com. And I'd love to have your support. So please add me on TikTok and Instagram at The Conversation Cabin. But I also want to end with a scary quote, which I will do every episode. Everybody is a book of blood. Wherever we're opened, we're read. That was from Clive Barker, Books of Blood. So until next time, cabin crew, explore your strength.